CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer as we wrap up this week on this Friday. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we always get together about this time to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at current events through a biblical perspective and uh, what we hear in church. And so if you've got a question you'd like to ask us, hey, today is the day to do that. That number again, to call 8888-ASK. CSN. We've got some lines open, and so you're sure to get on if you call right now. And if you're in the southern Idaho area, I'd love to see you here at church in Twin Falls, Idaho, here at the River Christian Fellowship on the way to Shoshone Falls. And we'd just love to see you as we continue studying, looking at the Word of God in these days that we live in. You know, Jesus came the first time to be man's Savior, the second time coming as Lord and King. So we're going to talk about that on Sunday morning, how important it is to get both those perspectives. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, God's my big buddy upstairs. And that's true. The Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But at the same time, the Bible also says he's Lord and King and we surrender our will to him. You know, a lot of times people get one aspect of a relationship with God, but not all the relationships that we have with him. And so this is what we're going to talk a little bit about. As he came the first time, came to die for our sins, the second time as a risen King and Savior. So we're going to talk about that. Look forward to that. And then uh, real quick, we had uh, about 10 new stations go on the air in the last uh, 30 days. And I've gone over it uh, every, uh, every day this week, and I thought I'd go over it one more time for anybody that's listening in the area on these new stations, as well as... If you have friends, relatives uh, living in this area, uh, call them and tell them, hey, we're on the air, and they can tune in anytime, 24 hours a day on FM radio. And I'll just go over them real quick. Elmira, New York, 88.9. Kanakee, Illinois, at 90.3. Pontiac, Illinois, 89.5. Quincy, Illinois, 89.7. Terre Haute, Indiana, uh, 91.3. Okito, Kansas, 88.7, Franklin, Nebraska, 90.1, Grand Island, Nebraska, 89.5, and Meridian, Mississippi, 88.7. About a half a million people uh, can tune in now than what they could have done a month ago. So I just want to say thank you for all of you that uh, support CSN and pray for us to continue to do what we do. Man, I'll tell you. I believe the Lord's coming back soon, and we want to let every single person know about the great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, I just want to encourage you, and um, we're going to have Brad Dacus joining us shortly. Is he with us yet? Yes, he is. Hi, and welcome, Brad, from Pacific Justice Institute, representing people like you and me against unreasonable laws. Brad, hi, and welcome to the program. Oh, hi, Pastor Mike. Uh, you know, I, I just really appreciate so much uh, what CSN does uh, for to just enable us at Pacific Justice Institute uh, to serve so many more people than before. 
just because of CSN, uh, we have increased substantially the number of people we're representing. And in litigation right now, we have over 255 lawsuits all across the country. A lot, and a lot of those are from people who heard about us on, on CSN, either the Dacus Report or to Every Man and Answer, and they contacted us and we're able to serve them, of course, of course, always without charge. And so I just want to encourage people, you know, we're a nonprofit 501c3 ministry uh, supported by, you know, da- uh, donations for moms and dads and, and others and churches. But I just want to just take the moment just to encourage people uh, to really become a partner of CSN and specifically to financially support CSN. Uh, this is a nonprofit ministry. Uh, it's 100% tax deductible. And I just want to encourage people to, to get behind CSN this next year. Uh, it's a huge, has a huge impact on so many people for the kingdom. We see that firsthand. I just spoke recently up in uh, Seattle, Washington. I spoke at a church and uh, two other groups. And I asked them, I said, you know, where, how did you hear about uh, Pacific Justice Institute? Or, you know, how did you first hear about us? And a good number of them said, CSN. I heard you on CSN. I heard to every man an answer. Um, so we know that it's uh, it's really having a, a big impact, and uh, it's just a real privilege to be on this program with you now, Pastor Mike. Thank you. It's a blessing to be with you, and you know, so many things going on right now. Uh, you know, I, I talked a little bit about yesterday that we spend billions of dollars fighting uh, communism in uh, the Ukraine, and yet we have our own Congress that is given over to uh, socialist communist party, and some are even avowed communists that are in our Senate. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's really amazing to me, uh, again, and as I, I shared with everybody, uh, watch, they're going to go after your guns now. This is one of the things that I think we all need to be very, very much aware that this party of the people, as the Democrats call themselves, take away your freedoms. If you're a party of the people, why are you doing this? Well, the reason they want to take away your guns, everybody, is because you're not going to like what the government's going to do to you in the days to come. That's the way it always is, whether it was Russia, whether it was Germany under Hitler. Hey, it's always the same thing. Governments prefer unarmed peasants, and that's what they want to do to you. And I think all of us as Americans need to stand up to this tyranny that we are finding ourselves under now, and really, I think, stand up against this unreasonable um, this unreasonable enforcement. You know, a couple of uh, people in the House now have warned the FBI of their outlandish behavior. And, uh, you know, Brad, I, I don't know where this is going to go, but it seems like Joe Biden's pushing America into a civil war. What do you think? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, sometimes people would, would use that term sort of as a pejorative or similar, you know, just a, a metaphor, if you will. But unfortunately, that term is more and more being used in the literal sense of a possibility uh, as something that could actually happen. Um, If we, for example, uh, see the top candidate for president of the United States uh, being uh, put behind bars uh, by a a banana, you know, court that has everything all predetermined with the judge, the district attorney, uh, the, the court, the jurors, everything, all unanimous before anything's ever done to put someone behind bars. They're just trying to find a reason. With that, if that manifests, if that comes to pass, uh, I, I hate to say what will happen 
in the United States. People across the country, especially in red states, uh, will be uh, outraged. They will feel that they no longer have a nation of the people. Instead, it's like a banana republic. And at the very least, I know there will be uh, major talks of uh, secession uh, by the red states to form a country that has a constitution, a judicial process, equal protection under the law that is respectful of the people, by the people, and for the people, and not corrupt uh, what we have presently. The, you know, the FBI, you know, they were caught uh, trying to investigate Catholic churches uh, because they, they, you know, they thought Catholic churches might be dangerous because they're so pro-life. I mean, since when do pro-lifers bomb and shoot people and attack? Uh, that's what the pro-aborts do. That's what they're famous. Over a hundred pro-life clinics have been uh, bombed and attacked or uh, raided uh, with with terrible results just within the last year and a half. Um, this is what we're facing, and the FBI, the Department of Justice, they're not lifting a finger to protect us or to protect churches that are being attacked more and more as well. Uh, so we have a lot on the line in 2024, and it's not just another election. It's about restoring America, our, our FBI, CIA, Department of Justice, IRS, uh, to uh, no longer be the oppressors uh, that they have been for, for tyranny and the, uh, those presently occupying power uh, in the Oval Office. Yeah, you know, it's really amazing to me. Hunter Biden is an example uh, contempt of Congress right now. Normally, he would be arrested and put in jail, but nothing happens to these people. No, Brad, you're you're a well-known uh, United States coast-to-coast attorney. How is this possible? Where if he was a Republican, he would be immediately uh, uh, arrested, but because uh, it's Hunter Biden and the money tied to China that Joe Biden is getting. I saw the canceled checks. I mean, $200,000 um, on a payment repayment thing from, I mean, you start looking at all this. How is it that this is going on and there is no backlash from the FBI? But, you know, anybody else of any other political party, they're prosecuted, stuff is made up, Outright hatred is how they get, get elected, and we're going to find something on Donald Trump. That's what uh, the uh, prosecuting attorney of New York said. We're going to get him. Um, right. That's not unbiased government. This is vendetta, you know, like you say, banana republic stuff. Your thoughts? Yes, you're, you are absolutely correct. Uh, the information that's been released now uh, about the, the Biden scandal is uh, just uh, sickening. Uh, there are, I think, uh, 22 shell corporations that were set up by the Bidens uh, taking in money from, from China, uh, our number one arch enemy, I might add. We need to remind ourselves we're not talking about Great Britain or France. China. Um, also, not one, but multiple uh, conversations and communications between Joe Biden, the president, and these Chinese uh, transaction and, and, and people linked to these transactions, conducting these transactions, uh, the evidence is, is clearly there. Uh, it has all the trappings of, of uh, collusion, fraud, uh, you know, a, a breach of public trust. And I believe that, uh, that in the end, we will see a conviction. Unfortunately, 
We're, we're not seeing equal treatment of protection under the law. Uh, Attorney General Garland with the Department of Justice, you know, he's not going, apparently he's not lifting a finger against Hunter for not showing up on this, for when he was subpoenaed by, by Congress. And yet the Attorney General had no problem, no problem uh, going after Republicans who refused uh, to show up and testify before Congress. Uh, this is not a nation of the people. This is a corrupt regime. Uh, we need to call it out, not as a matter of slur or opinion, but just looking at the facts of how we have such grotesque, unequal treatment under the law. I'm hopeful that the Supreme Court uh, will uh, cut into a big slice of that of the corruption we see coming from the January 6th, um, you, know, um, you know, terrible treatment of innocent people, hundreds and hundreds being wrongfully prosecuted who did nothing criminally wrong at all. Um, I'm uh, hoping we're going to see some relief through the Supreme Court, uh, but those wheels turn slowly and uh, we need justice now and we need it uh, ideally before November of 2024. Amen. So, uh, yeah, lots of things going on. And um, I, I like we've always shared with everybody, work for the night is coming when no one can work. You know, how many more Christmases do we have? I don't know. Uh, with right. our loved ones. And, uh, you know, Lord might come and take us home and you'll be so glad you shared Jesus with your friends, relatives here at this time of the year and uh, start the new year off right, I believe so important. Well, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Roger on the line in Minnesota. Hi and welcome. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, I would like both of you to comment on Romans eight twenty six and 27. Um what is my part? What is the Holy Spirit's part? How does that work out? And how do we, how do I know what I prayed and, and things like that? Uh, I've had situations in my life where I didn't just didn't know what to pray, just upset and everything. And uh, just wanted to run that by you folks. I, I think Roger, you almost answered your question there because for those listening, I'll just read this. Likewise, the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for and as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for us for the saints according to the will of God. I believe that, again, our relationship with God is a spiritual relationship, of course. And I believe because of that, it's not just one-sided. Is it just me telling God what he already knows? In fact, I, I was really amazed one time when I, I was at a prayer meeting on a Wednesday night, and this lady um, uh, said, oh God, as we were praying, oh God, did you see the six o'clock news tonight? And because evidently she must have been pretty sure he didn't watch it, she then proceeded to tell him what the six o'clock news was. Now, the thing is, I do believe that when we go to the Lord in prayer with things heavy on our heart, I believe that's a release for us. As Peter says, casting all your cares upon him, he cares for you. I think it's a very good thing. But I think a lot of times when we deal in the battle in the unseen empires, uh, when we battle not against things we see, but against principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. I believe this is where this intercession comes in that we're reading about here in Romans 8, uh, 26 and 27, because we don't always pray like we should. We sometimes pray after the appearance of things. We got to be careful. 
Jesus said, don't judge anything according to its parents, but when you judge, judge a righteous judgment. Well, then that has to be after the Spirit. But I don't always know the Spirit. I, I don't always know the unction of God. So as we begin to pray, God gives us, I believe, the gift of tongues, certainly as we find here, praying in groanings, which cannot be uttered. I mean, it's just things deep in the Spirit But here's the thing. People say, well, why do I need to pray at all since God's going to do what he wants to do? We know that this world has been given into Satan's hand. The Bible says he's the prince of the power of the air. And because he's the prince of the power of the air, we are unique individuals because we are in a world that really isn't ours. uh, Satan said, all the kingdoms of the world are mine. Mind whenever I want to give them to you, Jesus, you bow down and worship me. Jesus didn't say, oh, no, they're not. But we as a human on this earth, and yet at the same time an ambassador of heaven, we can petition God to come in this world, which is controlled by the devil, and ask God to intercede and break the the chains of Satan on people, on circumstances, things like this. And so I really believe that, again, when we pray, we... um, as a, as a human being on this earth, uh, where this world's been given into Satan's hands, we then ask for the power of God, and that overrules that because now God is invited by a human being to intervene in this world. But we don't always pray as we should, so I believe this is why the Holy Spirit comes and gives us unctions how and, and, and what direction we need to pray. Your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, uh, I, I think that's such a great observation that uh, when we pray, we're not just praying on our own by ourselves and just hoping we get it right, but the Holy Spirit uh, actually guides our prayers. Uh, you know, I know there's times that I, I start into prayer and I'm heading in one direction and the Holy Spirit just starts directing the prayer and, and, and enlightens me in another direction. And you can even see it in the book of Psalms, you know, where David will start out in prayer. Um, and and he'll he'll start out in prayer, just, you know, Lord, why have you abandoned me? And he'll start off on, on this. And then the Holy Spirit, you can just see uh, moving in the prayer that David's uh, giving through Psalms. And, and you'll see it ending in a, you know, rejoicing in the Lord's presence and his victory. And, um, and so God... Uh, uses a uh, prayer to uh, to speak to us, not just us speaking to God, but also to speak to us uh, and to the Spirit to speak for us. Uh, yes. So it's yes. it's really uh, relieving, if you will, that we don't have to necessarily call it, you know, correctly. We don't have to see it all correctly. The Holy Spirit sees it correctly, and God uh, guides us in our prayer, uh, guides us through the Spirit, and uh, and and I think that. Uh, just communing with God is is so important, uh, partly because it's not just us talking and giving God what he needs to know or whatever. I mean, it's also uh, opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit to speak to us and then and then speak on our behalf uh, in powerful ways, uh, which is, you know, uh, goes beyond just just uh, too deep for words, as the scripture says. Roger, I hope that helps. OK, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Roger, Merry Christmas to you. Stay in line if you like. Send you out the movie Jesus as well as uh, Time to Grow, a little book that's uh, great for uh, for everybody. And then also um, Evolution versus God. Oh, excuse me, no, um, um, 
we have God of Wonders. So you uh, stay in line. We'll get those out to you. Merry Christmas to you. Let's go to Sandy, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hi, Pastor Mike. Thanks for taking my call. I have something that's a bit of a heartbreak right at the moment. My, When I was visiting home a few months ago, I tried to discuss with my adult daughter who um, about attending fellowship and had she found herself another church home she could go to because she had a disagreement with the last three she went to. And her comment basically was that she wasn't looking for a right-wing church, that uh, she was didn't like the fact that they made political comments in church about um, the governor being an antichrist and, and all of that. And I, I was suddenly at a loss. It just dawned on me that she sort of wants the Bible. She wants God to be her way instead of her being in God's image. And I don't quite know how to go about witnessing to her and sharing. Um, And I just thought maybe you could give me some insight. Well, you know, one of the things when we become born again, God begins his wonderful refining work in our life. And we pass, the Bible says, from death unto life. Now, again, when when we deal oftentimes in political matters, and I know it is a hot button for many people, I really, I have to let God change my, my, my politics. I just do. Um, he has to change my politics on abortion. He has to poli- change my politics on the LBGT gang. He has to change my politics on what's acceptable to God and what's, what's rejected by God. And it's really not me finding a church that I feel comfortable with. It's a church that teaches the Word of God in its entirety. Again, when you read Romans chapter 1, you can clearly see that I'm not endorsing any political party. I'm saying you have to look at each individual, no matter what name brand they wear on themselves, uh, and, and find out and find out where they stand on these issues. Not when they're on camera and they're running for office, as President Obama did, saying, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman at Saddleback Church. There, as there was a debate going on, um, uh, he said, I believe it's between a man and a woman. Then, of course, he appoints liberal Supreme Court justices that then said marriage can be a homosexual uh, marriage. I understand, yeah, maybe you made some bad choices, Brock, but uh, to light the White House in gay colors shows that uh, I lied to the American public. I spoofed you. When I'm running for president, I speak like Ronald Reagan. When I get into office, I live like Stalin. And this is the problem, everyone, that that we're getting into. Everybody that runs for office sounds right of Reagan someplace, but when they get into office... They're they're anti-Bible. They're uh, um, anti-America. I mean, who in the world, what person in the world would allow your borders to be overran by 80 million illegal aliens? Now, that's a a sum, probably a sum total, or maybe even more than that. The government will admit to about 50 million. So when we look at these kinds of numbers— uh, what's that going to do to your economy? There's only so many straws you can put in a pop bottle. There's only so much infrastructure that can handle so many people coming into a country. 
You wonder why prices are so high? You wonder why there are shortages? You wonder why housing is so expensive? When you bring 80 million people into any country, they all need some place to live. And so our kids graduating from high school, they want to get married, they want to have a family. Hey, I used to be able to go down and, you know, some of the little poor parts of town, but I could buy me a house for $30,000 here in Twin Falls. Oh, not anymore. No, you see, there's not enough housing because we've allowed too much to come into our country. Our country cannot handle. We don't have the infrastructure to handle it. That's why we had graduated immigration. Now, when you keep hearing this about about, um, uh, our broken immigration system as an example, the problem is there's nothing broken about our immigration system. It is the federal government's deliberate, willful rejection of enforcing the law. So you say, well, well, uh, um, uh, I, 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 I don't like to talk about these kinds of things. You have to talk about it. It's here now. And so when someone says, well, I just want to go to church that, you know, I might be on my road to hell, but, you know, I want a church that's going to give me buggy springs for the ride. You know, you're in trouble. Again, I tell people everywhere, read Romans chapter 1. Does your church, does the belief system of your church follow with Romans chapter 1? If it doesn't, you need to immediately leave. I didn't say that. God said that. You see, these are the things that God destroys a nation over. And so people claiming to be a Christian or a backslidden Christian, whatever, only being selective and trying to find what they're looking for in a church. Very dangerous stuff. Your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, um, it's, it's so important for people to find a church that preaches the Word of God. One thing that we see today, it's sort of a phenomenon we really haven't seen in American history, and that, you know, we had some people who would fall away from Christianity. Um, they'd be an atheist, uh, or they just may join another religion, perhaps, but what we have now is this smorgasbord kind of a, a concept that uh, millennials and this new generation are, are adopting, which is that you can pretty much create your own religion. You can believe what you want to believe, sort of a smorgasbord attitude. Well, I, I believe that, and I believe in God, but I don't believe in Satan. I don't believe in hell. I believe in this. I believe in that. The problem with that is there's no foundation for that. This is like believing a fairy tale as opposed to what the Word of God teaches proven and proven uh, throughout the ages. Yes, and Brad, when we come back, I want you to pick up this thought because I think it's so important of inventing your own religion. We are coming up on that break. We'll have more right after this. We'll be right back. If babies in their mother's womb could speak, what would they say? Did you know an unborn baby's heart is already beating at just three weeks? By five weeks, you can hear their heartbeat on ultrasound. And that's where Preborn's network of clinics step in. The heartbeat is the voice of the preborn, and you can share their voice in a big way. I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry, and it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever. (laughs) 
Preborn is the nation's largest provider of free ultrasounds, and every day they rescue 200 babies' lives. Will you speak for those who cannot speak for themselves? To find out more about the life-saving work of Preborn, visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax-deductible, and Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Your love can save a life. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second. But call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline's December 15th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. We want to welcome you back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Friday afternoon with Brad Dacus from Pacific Justice Institute, again, representing people like you and me against unfair laws. And so if you got an issue about that, I want to be sure to invite you to stop by his website, pji.org. And there you'll see what type of ministry they really have to help people of faith stand up for them when they don't have a voice. And I'm so glad you do this, Brad, free of charge. And again, thank you for what you do. Now, when we went to the break, we were speaking with Sandy about her daughter who has gone the way of the world. And uh, when Sandy invited her, said, hey, you need to go back to church. Well, I'm looking for a church that that fits, my, fits me. Um, Brad, as you were saying, what's the problem with having a religion we invent? Yeah. Um, first off, truth is not relative. Uh, people say, I've heard some you know, non-believers say, well, well, maybe truth to you may not be truth to me and vice versa. We all have our own truth. Well, no, that's, those are opinions. Those are perspectives. Uh, truth is absolute. In fact, the principle of absolute truth is what allowed our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution to come into existence and to be justified. Um, into existence, the understanding of truth, the laws of nature and nature's God, etc. But you know, this is not taking God by surprise. In Second Timothy chapter three, you know, the apostle in, in chapter four, the apostle Paul at the beginning of chapter three says, "But realize this: in the last days, difficult times will come." And then he goes and describes it. But then, in, in back into through into chapter four, I think it's interesting. He said in verse three, he says, "For the time will come." When they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth, from the truth, and will turn aside to myths. It's basically like it's saying people in the, in the last days are going to be inventing religions 
to make them feel good, to justify their sin, um, and to uh, give them some kind of a, uh, a framework that's comfortable and give them promises that they want to hear uh, without any accountability. Uh, you know, it's 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 like uh, you know inventing your own Santa Claus. God is not your your Santa Claus. God is truth and real, and uh, either we accept that truth and abide by that truth and understand the consequences of our actions to that truth, or we are certainly headed for eternal uh, destruction. Uh, it's that serious. And unfortunately, as you know, Pastor Mike, we have denominations, major denominations that have split right down the middle. Uh, like, for example, the Episcopals versus now the Anglicans. You know, the, the Episcopals, uh, their churches generally are very heretical, uh, teaching people that what they want to hear. Um, rainbow flags flying and, oh, it's okay. You can do what you want to do. Everything's great. And then you have the Anglicans who split apart and says, no, no, we believe in the word of God. We're going to follow the word of God. That is the truth. We can't change the truth. And we see that in the Methodists and Presbyterians, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it is in historic proportions. I believe it's a fulfillment of uh, this, this scripture. And uh, we need to not take it lightly, but understand there are serious spiritual eternal consequences that people are facing when they choose to uh, smorgasbord their own God and their own religion at the expense of eternity. Amen. I hope that helps, dear. It does. It's it's just the schooling right now, going through a gifted program and then going through the UC system and, wow, the things they come out believing. So really there's no other than Romans 1 that would be the basic one would just be suggesting she read that. Well, um, no, I mean, we, the, the, the main thing is, um, um, Jesus said, I, John 14, six, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but by me. And that verse, John 14, six, Jesus categorically called every religion in the world bogus. Wow. Now, I didn't say it. He said it. Jesus said that. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, again, why is that? Because only Jesus can forgive our sins. And see, all the things that we do to try to generate righteousness by wearing nice clothes and being civically minded and selling flowers in airport, wearing blue and eating organically grown food, uh, none of that will do anything for a person's eternal salvation. Nothing. The Bible says no good thing dwells in the flesh. So there is nothing that I can do to generate righteousness. You know, uh, um, I, I might be better than the person next door, but the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. One sin's enough to send you to hell. Now remember, sinning doesn't make you a sinner. Sinning proves what you are. The Bible says we were born into sin, and we see that. So I would direct her again back to the Bible. I would tell her again. Uh, uh, of course, Romans chapter 1 and the entire book is great, but we can go to what Jesus said. Have her read John 14 and just read it and see how the Lord uh, lays that into her heart. Um, because again, when Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but by me, well, you know, dude, all paths lead to God, you know. Uh, no, they don't. Jesus said they don't. And so I think he's the authority here. 
And um, this is why I believe we have to uh, stand earnestly for the faith that was once delivered to us. So, Sandy, I hope that helps. It does. Thank you very much. For I want to send you some things. I want to send you uh, God of Wonders, It's Time to Grow, the movie Jesus, and perhaps you can get your daughter to watch God of Wonders. Very, very good. Done like National Geographic, not uh, some talking head, but really how there has to be the master creator to design all these things that we take for granted in our world. And then if he created all these things and created us, what purpose does God then have for us? And so it covers that in the very last segment. Stay on the line, Sandy, and I'll send those out to you. Merry Christmas. And Father, I pray that you give Sandy the right words to speak to her daughter, to bring her into your kingdom. Lord, that you would bind Satan from her mind, that she would see the great and awesome offer you make her for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sandy, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of, okay? Thank you. God bless you, dear. And uh, these things may help. In fact, uh, it's time to grow. may be very good to give her. I tell people, if you're going to, you know, if you're looking for a church, use the book It's Time to Grow for kind of a guide uh, of what you need to find there. You know, a church that preaches Jesus Christ, Him crucified. church that believes in the prophetic days that we're in. A, a, a church that teaches the Bible. Not life coaches and, um, you know, motivational speaking, but actually what does the Bible say? So important. Sandy, stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Merry Christmas. Let's go to Aaron, Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hi, welcome. Hello. Hi. I'm going to lay the groundwork here first and then end with the point I would like you to elaborate on. Okay. So Satan is hard at work right now. Yes. And he's doing his work through his disciples who have positions of power. And as we've seen over these past years, they don't ask. For permission. Control is assumed and tolerance is forced or expected. Now I've been seeing a statement and it's a reminder and the statement is tolerance is not a Christian value or virtue. Could you elaborate on that? Well in that as I said to our last caller Well, all paths lead to God. No, they don't. In fact, the Bible says broad is the way that leads to destruction, but straight and narrow is the road to eternal life. You know, I think it's interesting. Years ago, Ozzy Osbourne sang a song called Highway to Hell, if you remember that with ACDC. And then uh, you remember a group called um, Led Zeppelin that uh, wrote a song called Stairway to Heaven. I guess they were anticipating the travel on both roads. Your thoughts, Brad? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, as, as far as um, I, I sort of, the, the song sort of got me off track. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking of the songs and I lost the, uh, the point. Um, help me back here, Pastor Mike. Well, you know, again, when we look at this, um, as he said, Tolerance is not a virtue for Christians. Oh. And, yes, yes. And, and now, I, I, you know, I believe that, that we can be tolerant in some areas in that I'm trying to reach the loss. 
Paul was very tolerant when he went to Mars Hill as an example. He said, I see you're all very religious people. You have all these statues to all your gods. You have one here to the unknown God. This is the one I want to speak to you about. So uh, he wasn't tolerant in that saying, oh, you guys are fine. I'm cool. You're cool. Let's all groove together. But he was saying that I'm going to build a bridge so that I can speak to you the truth of who Jesus Christ is. Brad, your thoughts. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, yeah, Christianity is, is very unique versus uh, many other religions in the world, especially Islam, uh, where uh, they historically have forced people uh, to have their beliefs or get their heads you know, cut off. Uh, that's, it's a terrible history, uh, you know, through the spread of much of Islam, particularly through North Africa and Asia in particular. Uh, but Christianity is very different um, in that it's about a personal relationship now, in order to have a relationship versus a uh, just an institution of oppression, a relationship uh, requires free will. It requires an environment, a, a nation, if you will, that allows people to accept or reject Christianity. That's why a truly Christian nation has to have the freedom for people to be able to believe uh, or not to believe uh, that in, in Jesus as the, as the Lord and Savior. Uh, so in that regard... Uh, we need to have tolerance in that in that respect, but tolerance in terms of approval, no. Uh, and that's what we've seen uh, the the term being recodified in America as, uh, which is you know be tolerant. What they're really saying is um, you know be be accepting of these acts or accepting of these lifestyles. You can be tolerant for people and their freedom uh, to to choose or not choose uh, the way of of the Lord versus the ways of this world. Uh, that's a different equation versus uh, versus affirming what they're doing as acceptable or as an alternative truth, uh, and that's a lie. And God uh, does not want us to contribute to lies and deception, even if it, it costs us persecution ourselves. Uh, we have to to speak the truth in love. I also want to just encourage people as they, we deal more and more with a society that is hostile to Christians and promoting. Uh, lifestyles and ideologies that are totally against God's word, uh, that we not forget that the first priority when I meet a non-believer now is to lead them to Jesus, because that's the first step. And when they come to Jesus, then the Holy Spirit can do the work and the, the sanctification. After justification, then there's sanctification. We don't first start doing the sanctification, getting them to change their mind on issues and things. His first step is lead them to Jesus. And I've seen uh, that formula work so well with life after life uh, transformed after they come to Christ. Um, but we cannot compromise truth in the process. Does that answer it for you? Yes. Thank you very much. Aaron, does that answer it? Do you have more questions there? I do not. Well, Aaron, I'm so glad you called. And again, we need to be inclusive to reach out to people. But we don't want to become, uh, Paul says it like this, and I think this is the best way to say it. I become all things to all men that I may win some. Now that's being inclusive. But we don't lose the innocence, innocency of the gospel to do that. In other words, I don't become a drug dealer to minister to drug dealers. I don't become a prostitute to minister to prostitutes. We, we, we have to remember we don't lose the innocence of the gospel. Jesus was oftentimes attacked by the Pharisees saying, why do you eat with the publicans and sinners? 
And Jesus said, the sick ones are the ones who need the doctor. And I believe, again, this is part of it. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And there's a big difference. Hope that helps. Aaron, stay in line. Send you out. It's time to grow. God of Wonders, as well as the movie Jesus. Yours for staying on the line. And Merry Christmas to you. Let's go to Lynn. Sisters, Oregon. Hi, welcome. How you doing, man? Good. How may we help? I appreciate all you guys do. I've just got a couple quick questions. Um, I uh, have befriended some folks, and I found out they're Seventh-day Adventists, and they have lots of ideas that I'm not really kosher with, and I'm wondering a little bit about that. I've done a little research, but not enough, not much, and I'm wondering about the Seventh-day Adventist beliefs, and they're, they're, are they... I mean, one thing I read said that they're a cult and a couple other little articles. So I was just wondering about that. Well, they're, yeah, they, they vary from, from, I believe, biblical theology. Uh, they follow a woman named Ellen G. White, which is their prophetess, who deliberately contradicts what the Bible says. As an example, in Revelation chapter 13, the Bible says no one will be able to buy or sell without the mark, name, or number on their hand or on their forehead. They say, and she said, well, that's what you think, and that's what you do with your hand. Because the mark of the beast is worshiping on Sunday. Nothing is farther from the truth. Well, Constantine changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday in 325 80. No, not at all. The Sabbath is on Saturday. Sunday is the day the church met. You can look at this in Acts chapter 20. They came together, they broke bread, speaking of communion. They were just honoring God. But don't let anybody, Paul says, judge you according to new moons and Sabbaths and high holy days and things like this. Because it's the, really, the schoolmaster in the book of Galatians says, the law is what brought us to Christ. So you find then that they have a form of Christianity, but then they have mixed the law into it, disregarding the book of Galatians. So you see, the Bible says if we are in any of the law, we are in all of it. And this is one of the great problems that you find with the Seventh-day Adventists. So they have their dietary laws. You can't eat pork, uh, uh, you know, these kinds of things. You have to worship on the Sabbath. None of these things add to your spirituality. And this is one of the great problems. No good thing dwells in the flesh. There is nothing you and me, anyone on this planet can do to generate spirituality. That is something that Jesus Christ gives us. We are clothed in his righteousness, the Bible says. Not in partly Jesus and partly me. Well, we keep the law through grace. No, that's not what the Bible says at all. In fact, I've talked to them. I say, when you go to Sabbath meeting on on Saturday morning, you break the Levitical law of keeping the Sabbath. You say you keep the Sabbath. You don't keep the Sabbath at all. Do you realize on the Sabbath you couldn't make anybody else work? You couldn't travel so far, very far from your home, a quarter of a mile is all? You, there's a lot of things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. Couldn't kindle a fire on the Sabbath? Yet they do that. Well, the thing is, you're not keeping the Sabbath. You may be getting in a building on a Saturday and praise God for that. I have no problem with that. But to say you're keeping the Sabbath, oh my goodness. Nothing's farther from the truth than that. Now, here's the problem. Keeping the Sabbath doesn't add to my spirituality. 
See, that's the problem. Not eating pork doesn't add to my spirituality. Jesus is what makes us holy. If I could be holy on my own by keeping the Sabbath, not eating pork, the rest of the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, the Bible says we cannot do, which they feel they can, well, there's a real problem here. Because now what we have is we have a hybrid situation. Well, Jesus died for most of your sins. No, he either is your whole being for righteousness, not generated by ourself, or we are still under the law. And they're under the, they, they say they keep the Sabbath, but they don't. They keep it. I heard one of them one time tell me, well, we keep it according to grace. And I said, no, you keep it according to your own interpretation. And that is not the Bible. You see, we can't change the Bible around to suit our own belief. That's where the problem comes from. And the other thing they have is they have a soul sleep. When you die, you lay in the ground to resurrect resurrection day. Never mind Jarius's daughter, where it says her spirit returned to her when Jesus rose, rose her from the dead, as well as in the Old Testament in First Kings, where, where Elijah uh, 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 raised a little boy from the dead, his spirit returned to him, it says, does not say it woke up. So you run into all these different problems that, that this is general. Your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, also the, the thief on the cross where Jesus said to him, uh, for this day you will be with me in paradise. He didn't say, well, a long time from now, you're going to wake up and you're going to see me in paradise. That's not what he said. So yeah. I, I, I agree. And, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of trappings of legalism that come into play. And not just with the Seventh-day Adventists. They've got a lot of it. But, it, you know, this can fall into any kind of a denomination, uh, you know, and just creep its way in. Uh, and with legalism comes self-pride and self-righteousness, uh, which has no joy of the Lord. Uh, it's... It's it's just a, um, an, a just an, an evil uh, counterfeit uh, to to real Christianity. Uh, you know that said, I will say Seventh Day Adventists do they do a a better job than most in terms of uh, their diet? Um, yeah, I've heard I've heard good things about their diet, um, and uh, there's there's you know benefits to some of the things that they do. But spiritually, no, um, it can actually be a detraction when we uh, codify a lot of these things as a part of our, our spirituality and our, and our religion, um, as opposed to uh, just uh, you know, words of wisdom in terms of good things to do and, and not to do and in terms of what to eat, etc. So I hope that that answers it for you. Yeah, that's good information. That's all good information. These folks that I've met, they and befriended, they're really good people. Oh, I mean, they are honest, hardworking I, I, people. No, yeah. I don't mean that. I'm just saying. But they're, when they're talking uh, talking to me about their faith and such, it just it just rubs me wrong in in so many areas because of what I believe and how I've been brought up. So that's kind of that's kind of good information. I appreciate that. And uh, my next question is on the movie, uh, the series called The Chosen. What are, what are your thoughts on that? I don't rate that very high. Uh, Probably 5% is Bible. Everything else is made up. Now, if you know your Bible inside and out, frontwards and backwards, you can probably watch it. It's entertaining. But it's just a sitcom like like any other sitcom. 
a little God thrown in here, a little Jesus thrown there. But when you have the disciples all hooking up with with people getting married and now the fourth series and, you know, Jesus rehearsing the Sermon on the Mount. This is in the chosen, rehearsing his Sermon on the Mount. His mother says, Jesus, you're a good son. And he said, Mother, keep your your uh, compliments for tomorrow in case I mess up giving my, my Sermon on the Mount. Meanwhile, the disciples are building the stage for the Sermon on the Mount, and there's a couple women there dressing Jesus for the grandioso occasion. All completely baloney. That's another gospel, friends. That's another Jesus. It's a doofus Jesus. Yeah, I hate to say that, but it is. In case I mess up. Jesus said, don't worry about what you're going to say when you're brought before uh, kings and magistrates. The Holy Spirit will tell you what you're going to say. But yet Jesus is going to mess up and let people watching this junk think that, that, well, you know, Jesus is kind of a doofus too. eh? I guess I can relate with him. That is not the God of the Bible. Now, this is a problem because when people do this kind of stuff, People think, well, it's no big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. Paul explicitly warns, be careful in the last days, they're going to come preaching another Jesus. We always think it's going to be two guys on two bicycles knocking on your door. Hey, another Jesus can come in any way, shape, or form. And again, I had a lady call this program and say, Jesus healed everybody around him. Why didn't he heal one of his disciples that was crippled? I said, where did you hear that? What was on the chosen? I said, the chosen is lying to you. Jesus didn't have any crippled disciples. This is the problem. Now, when people don't know the Bible, they begin to believe what they're watching is the Bible. And so therefore, when you try to straighten them out with the word of God, now you're the one that's bad. I've had that happen too. No, I don't rate it very high, but I do rate very high, the movie Jesus. I will send that out to you. And starting in the new year, I'm going to make available to everybody the book of Luke. The book of Luke from from chapter one to the end of the book is all what you hear is nothing but the Bible being read to you. What you see is absolutely accurate Nobody's uh, romancing. The disciples aren't romancing somebody on the side, anything like that. What you see is 100% Bible, and I believe it's probably the most accurate uh, description. I'm going to have that available since everybody likes the chosen, and I understand the visualization. It's great, but it's not accurate. This is, and I'm going to have it available for all of you free after the first of the year, uh, I'll have all that uh, for you so you can go to it and begin to watch it. It is excellent. I recommend it for your kids. I recommend it for everyone because it will teach you the book of Luke. Any last thoughts, Brad? Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, yeah, it's great media quality production, but um, it's not truth and it's confusing and therefore people shouldn't watch it. Uh, it's just a shame they couldn't have the, the Bible actually brought in and... and um, yeah, too, too many mistakes uh, to watch it. I agree. Yeah. So anyway, Lynn, stay in line. I'll send you out the movie, Jesus, something real, and uh, send you uh, the books and everything else. Carolyn, Travis, Gloria, John, please call us back Monday. We'll put you on first thing. Remember, Brad Dacus, PJI.org. Check them out. God bless you. Good night. Ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226. 
or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes Store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash TEMA. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 